She said Cougar Town, but I thought she said Pooper Town. Cougar Town? Yeah, with Courtney Cox. Is that show still on? Uh, no, I don't think it's still on. I think she just put on a dumb thing to watch while I'm doing this dumb podcast. That makes sense. And she just said pretty much. So cool. that, that checks out. Uh, right. Yeah. Great. Good for hey. her. Let's start the dumb show. Welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. Back. We got a podcast. The old man bring it back out. The Expendables 12. Um, here we are. We're gonna Which we're, one of us is Sylvester Stallone? That's the question. Oh, I don't know. Who's I mean, in, I'm the shortest who's one? In, so. Well, obviously, I am uh, the sexy bald guy. Who's who's in The Expendables? I've watched are one. Are you Bruce them. Willis? Helen Mirren's in it, and I would like to claim her as that, my character. That's Hold seems to, to check out. So Stallone, Jason Statham, Bruce Willis, Schwarzenegger, Terry Crews, Dolph Lundgren, Jet Li. This is who is in the, the cast overall. Obviously, I am Jason Statham. That's that's just fact, right? Is it just the it's just the is it the bald thing? I think yeah, the lack yeah, of it's hair the bald thing and the sexy thing. Yeah. Corey is obviously Jet Li. Um <laughs> I think uh, uh Rodrigo is Schwarzenegger. <laughs> And, oh wow! And uh, and Mark is Terry Crews. Let's just go with that. We don't have a short a, a, a st- Stallone. So it's, an, it's, a, no it's, Stallone a, it's a podcast. This. There's no visual element to this. No one will ever know. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um. Okay. So we are uh, gonna do you know this podcast every once in a while when we choose. And so when we choose, we talk about what news we want. Let's start with the good. NWSL kicked off this last weekend. Uh, and. Boy, oh boy, the the average attendance in 2013 for the home opener was 3,321. This year it was 15,002. Um, you know, you, that, that's kind of like pushed by San Diego, Angel City. Um, who else had? Uh, Houston had a home opener. And I'm forgetting all the others, North Carolina. So, you know, San Diego and LAFC are over here uh, blowing things, Angel City are blowing things away. And then, you know, Houston, we're down with like 5,000. North Carolina is like 4,000. Um, I forget all the others who had home games, uh, Thorns. Yeah, and the Wave had like over 30,000. Yeah, they, they maxed out their stadium. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And, and so it's it's pretty awesome to see. I think the league is quite obviously like, broken into two halves of the people who are new and really successful plus the thorns. And then the other, you know, squads that places like Orlando had really low attendance. So I think your league is only ever as good as uh, your weakest links. And, uh, and so they'll, they'll want to increase that, but it is super cool. The games are great too. Um, Yeah. I've been able to put, I was able to put like a half of, two different games on and, and enjoyed them. So um, can we do the bad? Let's start with the bad, which is uh, the Madrid fight uh, police were fighting with the Peruvian national team. Um, I like yes. that you called it. I, I really hope that they were actually called the Madrid fight police. Yeah. Madrid fight police. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Rodrigo, I, I only saw the video of this. What was the story? Can you tell me about it? So Peru is staying in Madrid in order to play, they they play the 
they play Morocco in a friendly. They had played Germany um, a couple days before. Um, and so there were Peruvian fans outside of the hotel. And so, um, as always, Peruvians cussing ruckus. But um, that's not any different than usual. And so some of the, some of the players were outside and they were, go- we were going to show support and wanted to talk to the fans that had come out. And I guess apparently the Madrid police must have found out about it and they were trying to disperse the crowd. And one of the police um, literally, you know, put hands in like grip fists and threw, um, threw, was it Yotun into Gianluca Lapadula? And then because Gianluca Lapadula and Pedro. But they're going to say our friends and we're going to stepped in and then there was just a big old shopping match. And then it was just like they had like three national team players were uh, what they call a comisaria, which were literally in a jailhouse. Um, the day literally hours before before the game with Mud Records and like the consulate was in it. You know, it was just, you know, did they get they got released on time to play? They got released in time to play. And we know what the funny part is, is Morocco and Peru tied 0-0 and each team had a red card. <laughs> so apparently the violence uh, yeah, yeah. was perpetuated onto the field. But, you know, this is just a PSA. Um, people always wonder why you don't want to go to Spain. So, yeah, yeah, fuck Spain. That's why. Uh, indeed. Uh, staying in Spain for the other bad. This is the, the Barcelona bribery case. I have not seen a ton of this on social media, but then a, a couple of the, the podcasts I've listened to have gone into it more in depth. But, you know, Barcelona uh, have been charged, or officials have been charged with bribery and corruption. They basically paid 7 million euros to an ex-referee and his son to be to to do consulting, quote unquote, and create reports on referees, quote unquote. But it, it's quite obvious that they were uh, using this to, to funnel bribes to to referees. Um, now, because more than three years have passed, there won't be a sporting penalty. But you might have some people going to jail for this. You also have bribery and corruption going on at Juventus. And then you've got um, the Man City case. You have uh, additionally Everton are going to be ch- charged. I mean, there's less is less corruption and more. I love that it's overspending that it's those teams, and then it's like Everton. Oh, like, and we, and we can I, crime too. I guess there's <laughs> just like so many cases of malfeasance and um, chicanery going on, and uh, and it just yeah. <laughs> Such a great word. Sorry, um, that I, I, I read that wrong. I read that word wrong every time, just because I'm a Chicano Latino studies major. Uh, <laughs> I was Chicanery. Yeah. I was like, what this has to do with Chicano women? Is Chicanery? Chicanery is is when uh, is oh, is uh, when yeah. Sean Connery gets up to uh, gets like, up to hijinks. Study of Sean Connery. Is study of Sean Sean actually, I thought it was actually when Sean Connery covered Shaka Khan. <laughs> That's a lot of con. The Star Trek reference. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, yeah. There's no Engage. Star Trek reference in Sean Connery or Shaka Khan, just for the record. <laughs> so anyway, Barcelona uh, cheating and doing things. It's really, I don't know. I, at the, I think at the beginning of the season, I was like, I'm not sure if Barcelona are going to exist uh, a, a few years from now. And and some feels like in some version that that might still be true. Um, 
The weird is Ryo OKC turf wars continue. This comes from a a, a tweet um, by a, a guy who has been kind of one of the best um, guys covering all the legal disputes of of uh, the remainders of the soccer wars, the the aftershocks. This is Stephen Bank at Prof Bank, and he said the Oakland Roots is suing a warehouse over damages it alleges was done during the delivery of artificial turf for use by the Roots in its stadium. Um, so the the story, and then he makes a joke about Rio OKC turf war, and apparently. This is not the same turf from Ryo OKC, but to give listeners a little bit of the story, <clears throat> years ago, there was a team that Ryo Vallecano, the famous leftist uh, or fan with leftist clubs in Spain, they started a club in Oklahoma City called Ryo OKC. It only existed for a year and might maybe two years if I'm, I'm incorrect. Briefly, it was headed uh, by... Uh, Jorn Buchholz, who was the uh, GM president of Minnesota Stars for a little while and is now the head of uh, the Soccer Hall of Fame, they had uh, two owners, American owners and the Spanish owners. The American owners alleged that the Spanish owners weren't kicking in the money they promised, and he owned the turf that was kind of like big tiles. And so he withheld them and hid them in a warehouse for a little while. And then there was a fight because they had only half the turf because he owned half the turf. And then that was just a, a, a hilarious uh, incident of, of the NASL days and, and all the stupidity. So then that turf gets sold to the New York Cosmos, who then move it to New York. They play on that turf. And this is like the sisterhood of the traveling turf. And then Eventually, that turf ends up somehow in Oakland, and Oakland Roots are playing on it. But it's so bad by this point that they actually just like cannot play on it, so they have to play at a different stadium. And last year, so the, this turf that they're talking about is actually new turf that Oakland Roots are trying to do because apparently Oakland Roots, when they tried to get turf the first time, they stole it from a witch doctor. The witch doctor cursed them. And now all the turf that they want to get their hands on is, uh, is cursed. Um, but the turf that was from Ryo OKC, they did actually auction off to people. And I, I had totally forgotten that someone reminded me of it. And I'm just very pissed off that I did not get turf for Blackheart so that we could have like a little welcome mat. That was our own little piece. I might actually write to the team, uh, and and see if if they have some still around. Wait, to the Oakland Roots or yeah, yeah. so they, that's where the Vallecano. Okay, the right. remainder of yeah yeah Oakland Roots is where the remainder of it, it, it is. Um, and maybe I can perform the necessary, uh, you know, counter spell. I mean, uh, you're going to bring that voodoo into your bar? No, no, no. It's going to be outside the bar. It'll right? only be it, it can era? it can only be uh, exercised by Sting the uh, the. The mascot from uh, San Antonio. That the, oh, the I turn. thought you were referring to the wrestler sting. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, we're gonna get we're gonna get the crow with the bat to just bless it. I don't know what that means, but thank you, <laughs> thank you. All right. Anyway, that was a that was a tour to whatever it was. Um, so before we take a break, I want to hit the last bit of news, which is Minnesota Aurora news. We've had lots of players announced. 
um, including uh, a, a player from Amanda Porba who plays at Penn State who scored a goal. So um, we're just going to throw her up top. But the, the great news is that when we're recording this on a Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, very early in the morning, um, but so by the time this is even edited, it'll be out. So Minnesota is going to announce with Fox 9 that all of our games are going to be televised live on TV and streaming. So if you have regular TV with antenna, if you have DirecTV, Comcast, if you have an internet, wherever you are, you'll be able to watch the game for free which is pretty freaking badass. So it's going to be on the Fox that is. Fox Plus channel, which is like, I think, 10.2 or something. And then it's like on DirecTV, it's like 27. I don't know what, 29, I think it is. So pretty, What's it going to stream awesome. on yet? Stream, I think, just on their website, there will be a stream oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, okay. and then we also, I think, have to also stream on MyKuju or something. I don't know. I'm... The exact details there you can find out when you check the news, but it's super cool. I'm, I'm, you know, I have exciting. had no part obviously in this happening uh, that that part, and um, I'm I was extremely impressed with what the team was able to pull off, and it, it's super cool. Are y'all still doing the um, what was the streaming? What was the the eleven? Eleven? Yeah, eleven. Mm. Is it still going to simulcast over to that for like? The league and all of that that might be it yeah it's not my kuju it's 11 yeah i think so they might have changed it for this year though but again there's only that part of stuff i have no <laughs> i stay away yeah. from i don't also know i love the 11 app because that's the only way i can keep up to date on you know what's happening in the mongolian third division yep yeah it's hey, you know you gotta stay on top great. of things so that's the end of the aurora news now let's take a break On the 55-1 podcast, it's Minnesota United time. Uh, Minnesota signed a new player, uh, the Korean Mbappe, as he's called. Sang Bing Jong uh, is is the new attacker. They're only referring yeah. to him as an attacker because he, he has played as a center forward or as an inside forward or as a winger. Um, I don't know. He, he might be available for... Saturday's match in St. Louis. That's what they're hopeful about. He's he's young. He's one of the U22 initiatives. They got him from Wolves. He had previously been on loan at Grasshopper. I don't know if we have any much to say about him, but um, it, 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 what level on level of um, Tommy Chacon to Bongi? Uh, how how do you wow. expect him to be? Um, closer to Bongi than Tommy. Okay. Yeah, because he'll get. We, it's likely he'll get minutes. We're we're that. Yeah. We're, we're not. Yeah, I think we're pretty he'll shallow. Get more minutes than Tommy did. Yeah. Yeah. But will he nutmeg somebody? No. On his first stop. No. Yeah. Then, he, what he's actually going to do is he's going to nutmeg him and then do like a slip and slide between their legs and then pick up the ball and score a goal. Yeah. That's if he doesn't pull a hammy because he's been injury prone a couple yeah. of seasons. So he'll score a goal. And then pull a hammy, and that'll be his last. That'll be, he'll have one wait, move. Wait, he'll pull the hammy, and then he'll do that uh, that dance. That who who is the player and and KC current? KC current. Yeah, I forget the name yeah. of the player. Yeah, yeah, and then do the do the um, the, the twerking. twerking at the end. Yeah, that that is still one of the funniest. I can't believe that we were able to witness that. Um, 
Okay. Um, let's talk about this season so far. Um, the, the recap so far is we beat Dallas with the first match 1-0 away. Then we had our snow opener, 1-1 draw against New York Red Bulls. Uh, and then we had uh, an away game where we won 2-1 against Colorado. And then this last weekend, we drew with a, a last-minute gasp from um, Vancouver. It was a 1-1 draw. Um, we could, I, w- I won't really go through the stuff from those games because I think we'll refer to them as we go. Um, my big question is, and and I'm, I'm actually surprised that we didn't, that 50% of the questions we got from people weren't this, but um, are we better without Reynoso? Um, no, the, the real question is, what can we say about the Reynoso-less loons? Like, how, how do we think these first four games have gone? Can we draw conclusions from from these games at all? Maybe. No. <laughs> okay, Corey, you go with the maybe, and then Mark, you, you tell him why he's dumb. <laughs> um, I think a, a couple of things, and take this with a healthy grip of salt, um... I think it's forced Heath, not just Heath, but the whole coaching staff in the front office to be a little bit more pragmatic with the team, be a little bit more tactical with subs. We can get into all those details later, but um, there's nothing special. There's nothing pretty about the team right now, but they're grinding out wins. They're relatively defensively sound. Um, Still a ton of questions about the midfield. Um, A ton of questions about the attack for that matter, but Set pieces have been great. The places where we can take advantage of the opportunities that were given without our number 10 playmaker or in you know the recent match, um, seven of our main any starters. Yeah. yeah, any playmakers for that matter. I think it is a testament to the team. I think it's a good positive. I think it is showing the potential plan B that we've been talking about for the last couple of years on this show. Do I think that we are better off because of Reynoso? No, but I think it is forcing us into the like the alternative that we've been looking for. I think we may have found something that we can build upon in for the rest of the season. I think we're outperforming, but I do think this is a good foundation for what the plan B is without a playmaking ten. So, Mark, you're saying that we can't, we haven't, we can't have anything to learn from these games. I mean, we can't, it's just, it's such a small sample size and it's such a weird one. Like we played Dallas who looked terrible in our, the initial match and we slugged out a 1-0 like win. We played, you know, the Red Bulls in the snow where no one was really able to play the game plan they wanted. It was just like kick the ball long chase and hope that it goes awkwardly off a defender and you can get something out of it. Uh, Colorado, I mean, it was great to get a, finally get our first win in Colorado, but they're currently the worst team in the league. And then we played Vancouver and we got a 1-1 draw and we were missing seven starters. So it's tough to like make any conclusions yet just because I don't know. We, I mean, we've been playing, playing pretty bad teams and we've been really overperforming and when we have been playing them. So I, I don't know if what we can conclude yet besides it is the most, uh, the, the best team play I have seen from the Loons in a very long time in that since they don't have anyone to carry the team, the individual contributions are pretty impressive as a team. Like the, uh, the sum of their parts is greater than, you know, them. So it's, I mean, that's something to be optimistic about. 
Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to sustain it, though. Rodrigo, what, what can we learn about how this team plays from four games? I think what we we can learn is, A, we are, are not a great passing accurate team at the moment. That we're still trying to figure out that midfield. I think we range between, what, you know, 70 and 75 when when with Reynoso, we we bit a much higher rate. I also um, see that we are um, a counter-attacking team, possession overall versus other teams. That's that's what shows. I think without Reynoso, we we don't have right now a person that can connect passes from from the defense or the midfield into uh, a space or role. And I think that's becoming much much evident, specifically when you you play this double pivot. Um, system and when um, you know you kind of have to have someone who is willing to make those passes and connect those passes even if that means playing it back to the defense instead of um, just reacting with the ball and that also includes as as Mark's pointed out in other places also is that the the lack of uh, creating space by our wingers and our and our attacking players also plays into that as well so my my assumption and my my belief is is I hope that they can figure it out and we hope we find a, a better uh if we're gonna use the pivot system, a better two uh two players that can do that. It's, I think Kervin Ariaga has has, has has done a decent job. And then the question is who else steps in there? Because right now Dodson is getting his legs back and hasn't had great games, but also hasn't had extremely horrible mistakes. And Will Trap just seems to be absorbed by 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 the turf and we don't hear too much about him. I think I think the the basic point is um, the two home games we've had. Uh, you can't really take like you can't tell something about the team from that new New York Red Bulls game, and you can't tell something about the team uh, from missing seven players. Um, what you can tell is what you what several of you have, well I guess what we've all said is that. You do have a more cohesive team that do seem to be motivated. And I think that when we talk about what Heath is doing well and maybe not doing well or what worries we have, the positives are you have a team that does seem to be pretty coherent and cohesive on the same page and working together. That's a positive. You do have um, Heath adjusting play, right? Like trying to figure out how this is going to work. Um, we've often criticized him for how programmatic it gets um, and how one-sided it gets. And I think that those are, are really good positives here. And and the basic positive is eight points from f- four games is really good. So, so, so I think anything we say after that, it, it starts with this, this kind of general positivity. And I think, I think the rest of which may seem negative for the next 20 minutes is more coming back to reality and, and dealing with, with what's there. Um, because as we said, it is way more, um, I don't know how we would describe it. We've got some numbers here that maybe we should just go through. I'll say some things, but um, you guys holler when you want to jump in and, and do something. The things that you notice are, um, between 2022 and 2023, we have so far sh- fewer shots per 90, right? Um, 12 down to nine. Our shots on target are down from 38% to, to 30%, right? So we're doing that 
um, Mark, you looked at the XG comparisons over the last few years, right? Like, and so far this year, we are blowing away. We are way outperforming our expected goals, right? I went back and looked at five years of uh, like team stats and looked at how teams, you know, the actual goals versus expected goals, did a plus minus. Uh, opponent goals versus expected opponent goals did a plus or minus and then added them all together to get it like a net to see like, oh, if you're, you know, overperforming both, you're probably generally doing pretty good. And right now we're at 0.77 net over uh, our expected goals from both sides. And so our expected goals uh, for 2023 right now are 1.02 and we're at goals per 90 of 1.25 and our opponent's expected goals uh, for 2023 are 1.29 and they're the actual opponent goals is 0.75. So that's, let me, an, yeah, let me, let me just pause real quick just to make sure we're, we're, cause it's an audio, uh, thing because, so we are scoring 0.23 more goals than normal than we would expect. So we're, we're finishing yes. a bit better and we, and our opponents are scoring 0.54 game uh, goals per game less than what we would expect. Right. So we are one of the best defenses right now. And that is a, what we're saying is that's a bit of a mirage, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, and for comparison, like right now that would like for our net total for that, for expected goals versus uh, goals for both sides of the ball, like the only team better than us right now is St. Louis, and they're at one point six two because they're scoring a ridiculous amount of goals that they're getting. Uh, you know, I mean, their expected goals right now is one point six five, and they're at two point eight per match. So, like, yeah, they're exploring. But like, even to give you some perspective, like, if we sustained our point seven seven levels, uh, the only team that has ever completed a season higher than that is the twenty twenty Portland Timbers at point eight. So, like, we would have the second best net expected goals over performance in the last five years. Like, so we're doing very well, but it just, I mean, and if you go back and look at our like normal averages for how we like sort it out, um, you know, normally we are at, I mean, we're at about, we're pretty much straight forward. We're like, our, we're pretty much close to zero on our net, which means like our expected goals and our goals and our opponents expected goals and their goals are pretty much equal. And we kind of even out. And so the sustainability of how we're playing now, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things with the opponent difference. I think, yes, it means it's a def- it's a defensive thing, but I don't think it's purely our center back pairing. I think uh, Mickey Tapias has been really, really great. And I think he's really commanding. I think Valentin has been really helpful with with direction and commanding the back line as well. Um, the other thing I think is just the pragmatism with the midfield as well. I think it 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 shows why we're not expecting to score as much because we are just simply not an attacking team right now. But I think, like especially with last week's game, playing a four-four-two, you are just putting more bodies in the box. You can talk about like Vancouver; their shots weren't accurate, whatever. We are also pressure putting a lot more pressure in that midfield, in that like zone fourteen, top of the box area, and forcing them to take bad shots from further out. Which is like, yeah, they may have a higher expected goals, but we're forcing them to take the take worse shots. And like that's that's 
that and I and I've seen this over all of our games. That seems to be this trend, like put your body in front of the attacker further out even, you know, and just try to block as many shots or force them to take shots that are going to have a lower percentage of going in. And I think that has something to do with it, not just being defensively sound, which I think that we are also on track to do. Um, are we a 2019 defense? I don't know, because I think we're missing that double pivot. But I think that's that to me is one of the explanations for that number of, of why we are allowing fewer goals than expected. I mean, it, it also has to do with the Mighty Ducks reference, which is what, is it pick up the trash or block the, or uh, clean up the trash, whatever. It's just using your body to be able to do that kind of thing. I, I think right now a lot of people don't know what, what kind of team we are in a sense, right? Everyone's trying to figure that out. I think the, the team is also trying to figure that out. So until, you know, we have a larger sample size, let's say another five games, then we can start making uh, more concrete assumption as to what kind of team they are. But I don't, I don't see us changing changing the style of play that we are. I'm hoping that we are able to figure out a way in which, um, you know, our midfielders or or, or our six and our eight uh, communicate with uh, with our with our creative players, whether that be Fragapane, whether that be Lud, and just engage them more in order to be able to create space, but also to be able to use the speed that now we have on the wings. I mean, you look at Bongi, you look at Mender, you know, you look at. Um, you look at Iwe, right? Iwe was fast. Uh, yeah, then, yeah. Well, I I, I want to talk about some of these individual players. Okay, like, go well, ahead. We yeah, will hit. No, over. no. I want to save the the individual stuff, the Iwe stuff, because I, I think that that's super super cool. We had we had four MLS debutants uh, hit um, this last week, but but here let me. There's a few stats I want to go through first because I want to still lay out this question of who are we so far? What what can we observe from these first four games? Um, I said that passes were down or shots were down from 12 to nine per game per 90, um, passes overall are down per 90, 400 from last season to 337 long passes are up 37% from 40 to 55, um, passes into the final third are down 12% from 55 to 48 accuracy into the final third is down, uh, was 73%. It's now 52%. Sorry if I'm laying out a ton of stats here, but um, to, to listeners here. Smart passes, which are defined by a creative and penetrative pass that attempts to great, uh, break the opposition's defensive lines. Those are down from 5.82 per 90 to 2.67. Um, and and th- so that, that lays down what we obviously would assume, right? Like you're missing Reynoso. You are also like using... Re- Lude in this weird role. And so we don't have a creative force, even without Reynoso, of uh, getting the ball into the box. Right? That seems like an obvious thing. Yeah, Corey? I think this is, I think this is, I think this is actually telling us quite a lot about what our tactics are. One, like the identity thing, Rodrigo, I think you're totally right. We don't want to know what this team is. Let's talk in like five more games, talking like another two months. But um, accuracy, so I want to talk about the uh, the accuracy thing, but long passes are up 37%. That's clear. Like, it's coming from the back lines, coming from the fullbacks, deeper-lying midfielders, just up over the defense, trying to get in behind. Clearly, that's the tactic. We, you're basically trying to bypass the midfield altogether because we don't have Reynoso and we have Lud in a very different way, like you mentioned, Wes. But then, 
you know, the the smart passes down, again, we don't have that playmaker mm-hmm. who has that vision in that way. I think I think it's all it it makes a lot of sense and it is characteristic of a team. If we were playing like this in previous years, these numbers would wouldn't be that surprising. But because we are we're so reliant on that playmaking 10 in front of the double pivot, and that's not what we've been doing. It like none of these numbers feel surprising to mm-hmm. me when you actually yeah. sit back and look at it. It's like, no, you're gonna do long balls in behind and you're gonna bunker. You're gonna be more of like a Jose Mourinho type team. You're gonna be a Burnley, you're gonna be like a low block and pray for the best on the counter. What, what we don't have interesting is we're not doing a lot of um, high press turnovers and we're also not doing much counterattacking, which actually seems counterintuitive, right? So our counterattacks are down from 3.67 per 90 to 2.67. So we're not relying on that. We are doing aerial duels are up um, from 31 per 90 to 63. So right like this is it we are bombing the ball up we're booting it up and one thing i noticed about our goal against vancouver that made me start to rodrigo you and i were sitting next to each other during this game and and uh and and chatting about it as it happened and um it 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 made me see it clicked for me of like oh remember adrian heath three years ago and look at what we have now so adrian heath Right. Remember the early Metonier days where the ball goes to Metonier and Metonier sends it across. Right. I was wondering, watching this Vancouver game, why are they spending so much time trying to drive the ball down the left with DJ Taylor? They're, they're, they're compressing the, the game. And then I would watch Zarek Valentin sneak up, 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 up. Right. Everyone is there and he's super wide. And then all of a sudden, they send the ball out to him. He moves forward. He sends a cross in. Mendo Garcia scores. I thought that, like, that was legit. That's what they're doing. That's super cool. That's right. a really great tactic. Um, and, and well, I mean, it's, it's it's simple in a sense. It's like you want to be able to move the ball and then get rid of the ball quickly. So once you start moving the ball from one side to the other, right, the defense and the midfield has to shift. But the problem is, is that if if you have a Reynoso in that situation, Reynoso keeps the ball, and so then that space that that is being compressed mm. comes even more and more compressed. It makes it harder to be able to release the pressure and release the ball. But if you are able to say, get one pass, two pass, three passes, and then do the long switch, then you have that mm. open space and that and, and there's and more that like thirty passes and then do the switch. Well, I mean, they, they, the they idea is you have to be able to move one side in order to create space to be able to switch it, switch it in there. The 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 ability and the and I guess the field of vision that you need to be aware of that is is interesting because me and you were talking about so like like everything is going on one side and Valentin just hides on the line and just keeps on creeping all the way where nobody sees him and then boom, ball comes in. Yeah, he tries to. I mean. And, and the, the question right now is, is, is Valentin a better crosser than Metanier? And, I mean, his crosses were good, but then the, the other thing mm-hmm. is the only other open open um, field goal we had was Kervin Ariaga, not not too deep, but um, sends a ball in up to Mender Garcia. He chests it down. Frag, uh, Franco Fragapane takes an immediate shot right off that. The ball gets parried. Mender Garcia gets the rebound and puts it in. Um 
I mean, that's like that's like some good old Blackburn in the 2002 era. That's some Sam Allardyce shit. We we finally got Sam Allardyce at, at Minnesota. Now, my question is, and and Mark, maybe you want to pick this up. Uh, this is a pretty simple plan. And remember when people figured it out? The other, te- I mean, the other teams are going to figure this out. So is this? Is this? Can we maintain? I know maybe we'll find more depth from that, but that that seems pretty like okay. Well, now we know what to do to 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 beat Minnesota. Yeah, I mean you can only maintain it for as long as your defense can hold on. Like oh, that's kind of like the performance right now is like right now our defense is holding together and like uh, I mean I don't, we'll, we'll get into the player stuff later, but like like Will Trap like he may be kind of invisible right now, but he's there blocking shots. Like he's kind of doing his duty of staying deep and just doing what needs to be done is basically a fifth defender. And, uh, and so long as the team can maintain their defensive shape and keep, you know, and only allow like the low percentage shots, you know, whatever. Um, and also keep up with the um, pretty decent goalkeeping uh, performances as well. Like then you have a chance to, because I mean, a goal off of uh, you know a free kick or a corner kick, those could happen at any time. So, so like you're you're always going to have those opportunities, and thankfully they've been able to capitalize on those opportunities for the time being. And if you can consider continue to ride that wave, it's a possibility because I mean no team can completely shut down Seppi's with that with the caveat that this is the first time that like Minnesota has ever been successful at set pieces for. I mean, it's not a prolonged period of time. It's only four matches, but still, Franco like, was actually Franco was garbage on set pieces. Uh, this this uh, the his corners were were terrible against Vancouver. Wait, in this last game or yeah yeah yeah. Oh okay, this last yeah. game just it was terrible. There were a few that just went went low and yeah. right too. Yeah, but um, I think we only had like two corners too as well. Oh, as well, this so last match too. So I want to move to my next question, which is. Um, who has surprised and who is disappointed? Um, we have, whether that's new players or whatever, the, the new players who have who've really taken root are, obviously, we've got Miguel Tapias. Um, we have, uh, oh, I forgot. I had worked on a really good joke about tapas plates and shivs in Ozzy Alonso. And I now, I, I meant to write it down. I don't have it, but just just so you know, there was a joke about that. Just, you I should, want you to. You should just put that in the in the show notes when you upload it. Yeah. And just make that, make just write out the joke. That's what I was planning to do. That's what I yeah. usually do, but I did not. Yeah. So just so you know, there's a really good joke there and you should laugh. <laughs> anyway, so we've got Tapias. We've got Mendo Garcia, who's obviously not new, but has now scored two goals. We've got Zarek Valentin. Um, uh, we've got um, old Dutch. Old Dutch came in. <laughs> now that the team is is acknowledging him as old Dutch, um, I think we can talk about Franco Fragapane. We can talk about Bongi. So um, Rodrigo, I'll, I'll throw to you two first. You pick your one player and and don't Rodrigo this and start literally talking about every player on the team. You get one player who has surprised you. Good. So, I think uh, I'll take my one player, and that one player will not be all, but it will be Bongi. Yeah. I think Bongi has really kind of stepped it up. Like I think last year he was a, lot, was a discovery mode. You know, we saw a lot of mistakes as he's trying to, um, you know, head into the open field. But at least these four games, he's been nonstop. Um, you know, he's been nonstop moving. His defensive tracking is a lot better, but 
his foot control and vision and passing has been just a lot sharper. And I think I forget what the game was where he got the ball and he did a Maradona and he just got out of it. And instead of doing the typical bongi thing was last year, which was like he gets out of a tough situation and he runs into it under the defender as he's trying to trying to uh, get into the box. Mm-hmm. He passed it off. And, yeah. and at, when passing it off, created, moved the pressure and someone else was able to get a ball off. And I think that and his energy uh, and his confidence and the fact that he scored a goal early this season, um, it, it, it only can get hopefully better. And I think he's going to be um, that presence that, uh, that provides that, that quick escape for us that, that, that we kind of need. And hopefully we'll be able to see him and Mender connect more and, and see what those two can do together with their speed. Yeah, I just want to add with Bongi, obviously, as the number one uh, Bongi man on the planet. Um, I think that he's still got a little bit of that hey Kool-Aid to him, but um, but he is getting more precise. And my worry about him was that um, Heath would, someone else would come back into the lineup, right? Like we'd have our full lineup and then Lud would take his spot and that he wouldn't get that chance to really refine things. I think you're right that he has like refined it a bit. He still has a way to go, right? He's got a couple things to add to it and get better, but he's so much fun to watch and he's such a joy out there. And, and honestly, like, yeah, that's, it's, it's gorgeous to watch that joy. Um, and, and Corey, you want to talk about someone who's paired with him on the right. Zarek yeah. Valentin. Yeah. Uh, fellow uh, native Pennsylvanian. Uh, Lancaster, right? Man, Lancaster, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the quick detour. This this last week was my first Allianz Field match this year. Um, I love that when they're doing the lineups, they're announcing where the players are from. Yeah, yeah, it's a new thing. I thought that that was great. I think it adds a lot of personality and cool character to it. I I think it. Whoever decided that, I think it's positive. Uh, here's my thing. Um, I think Valentine is the answer to right back for us this season so far. Um, I do have concerns that about it, like longevity. He's not a Roman Metzner where he's just going to be a machine and just it's going to be speed, get the ball, and cross. Um, I think his defending is really good. Um, I think his vision for what the players around him should be doing, he seems like, uh, a supporting, like not, not just a supporting player, but a supportive player. He's a leader and too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he feels like looking at his body language on the field, barking orders to the players around him. It's almost like captain material. Yeah, yeah. For someone who has just come into the team, um, he. But he's a, th- a veteran, though. He knows all this stuff. Yeah, well, and that's exactly and that's exactly mm-hmm. what I think this team was missing. I think Boxy is, has some of that, and he's got a lot of that character. I think this is really what we needed, and I think this is what we were hoping to get out of Will Trap. And we might have that, but I think he's been one uh, just very outspoken with the team, uh, great with the fans, all the things that you want in a new player who's trying to like get in the good graces with everyone. I think all of that is great. But I think his playing is really fantastic. Um, I don't think he's he's trying to do anything that he can't do. He knows that he's not a speed machine, but mm-hmm. he knows that his crossing is good. He knows the moments where he can push and what he can take, um, the moments where he can take those chances. Um, I think his positioning is really great. It's not perfect, but it's it's 
it's the kind of right back that I think this team would need right now that offers a little bit more flexibility than just a rocket ship that bombs up and down the side. And I think it does give, ultimately will give Bongi some freedom um, when when he's back. I think it'll be a good partnership there. I think they, with Bongi tracking back and having more defensive duties and yeah. pressing, I think I think it's a good partnership. I think it will blossom a bit. And I think his crossing has been, it's, has, has been really great. And, and, and I want to see and, that and, movie and, together, the the Bongi and and Zarek Valentine together. I just want I want that Miami Vice remake. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But the the other thing is, I think one of the reasons that we've been so much better on set pieces is because he has very clearly like said, you know, especially with Dane St. Clair learning how to direct his team on set pieces. I think Zarek has been um very instrumental in kind of the stability around set pieces and stuff in and around the 18. Like he's just been by far my my favorite new player. I'm a big I, I think just just to jump in on that I think in in a sense uh my only questions are consistency and longevity. I think that's that's that's, that's my concerns and I think um DJ Taylor is also fighting for that spot, so I think we yeah. we, should, we should see a lot of competition. Totally. And, that and DJ Taylor did a really good job on the left left side, we should say, um, in the Vancouver game. Um, I, I I love Zarek Valentin. I think he's also a top notch dude, Antifa super soldier, and everything. When um, I messaged him when he came to the team, we were talking about because our Pennsylvania connections. And uh, at the open practice, he was like, "Hey." If you're coming with your kid, come uh, say hi. I want to. I want to meet your kid and like say hi and like just that kind of shit. Like we don't have a lot of that these days at the club. And like people who you know, he was at um, shoot. There was a brewery event I think they did or something. Oh yeah, um, free state. Right? I totally missed. Uh, but like he was there and people. He's just a really good dude and like Boxall, right? Like just just these people who we don't have that many. Um, people who seem to really understand fans or care, right? Like, um, or want to make that connection. I, I'm just a big volunteer. Or just, fan. or just go out of their way, regardless of what the team is saying. Like, yeah, if the team's not going to force them. They are like, no, I'm just going to go do yeah, this anyway. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yes, going out of their way to just really understand that that role, and it's a, like a veteran type thing that that veterans kind of have been around. They understand that that stuff. But yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. Mark, um, your surprise is <laughs> Old Dutch. You really want to talk about Old Dutch? I mean, honestly, like, could you imagine if we had Eric Dick in uh, absorbing the pressure that Vancouver brought on Saturday? <laughs> it would be terrible. And I, he, he was a pleasant surprise. Like, I going into the season, I was most excited about the jokes and thinking that he wouldn't play much. And I'm still excited about he, the jokes, but. I'm still excited about the jokes. They're really good. And they, they were made even better after this weekend. Like I'm even yeah. more excited now. But um, but he looked really good. As far as like a solid veteran backup keeper goes, he was solid and kind of kept us in the game for a while. He was he came out and like he muscled guys off the ball when he had to. He took sh- shots. Uh, he took like some pretty tough shots from folks when he was coming out yeah. for the ball. Like he's, he's getting knocked around like put his body in line he did a very good job and again with like the current game plan that we have where we don't have a star player to carry the team and it all has to be kind of like bunker counter you know long ball whatever that only works if your defensive line and your goalkeeper are doing their job and doing everything to keep the ball out and except for the one goal like he looked 
You know, yeah. pretty, and even on that goal, it wasn't really his fault. Like he was, it was a tough like, thing because the ball yeah. comes right across. There's two guys unmarked at the the back post. Um, I, I will say just really briefly, just so people understand old Dutch. Um, this comes from uh, long history with Clint Irwin, but last last summer, the match where Colorado Rapids Open Cup game that got delayed to the next day because of the storms, he was in goal and. It was Mark, you it was you, me, and many others, like fifteen others, Jim Christ, yeah. right? Um, it was not many people in the stadium. One of the greatest days of my life, sporting wise. <laughs> it was um, so good. And Clint Irwin had previously been chipped twice in the same match. Three times? No, he all three Darwin Catero's uh all three hat-trick. goals were chi- chips. Uh-huh. Oh all three God. goals were chips. Darwin Catero got a hat trick against him when he was at Toronto. And um and they were all chips, and we just spent ninety minutes on a Tuesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon in the sun, taunting him about how he loves chips so much, and now his name is Old Dutch because, like, like uh, basically, like Kaiser Sose, I just when I taunt players, I like see things. I'm like, oh, there's an Old Dutch uh, advertisement over there, and then add it to it, and and. Now he's playing for us, Old Dutch. And now Old Dutch is in the advertisements when they promote their players. And it is too freaking beautiful. I love Clint Irwin. I hope he doesn't think we wish him ill. I uh, I don't know. I'm sure he'll come on this podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him. Anyway, um, I want to talk. That would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I want to talk briefly about um, uh, Miguel Tapias. Um. Uh, he is a dirty motherfucker. <laughs> he is. He, Me and you were pointing it out at that. He's Vancouver got the Ozzy so Alonso prison shiv shit to him down. He like absolutely shivved one of the Vancouver players. He's uh, he's like kind of a shorter short for a, a center back. Um, I don't know. I, I still am not sure about him as a player. Honestly, um, I think he's been pretty good. But I don't know what his he's had maybe one or two gaffes a game. I don't know if you ask me like what are his qualities. I could tell you what Brent Coleman's are. I could tell you what um, Debassi's or Boxels are. I don't know what Tapius's are yet. But I do know that dude knows how to take a toothbrush or a piece of soap and slowly but surely shave off bit by bit until it becomes a sharp point that he can stick into a kidney. And uh, and that's a that's a good quality to have. Um, and he scored that fantastic goal um, off of Franco Fragapane um, free kick. The header that I actually don't understand how those work, what you're supposed to do with your head to make those score. But um, Tapias has been great. Um, I, I think, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I want to ask this question then. Who's been a disappointment yet this season? I want to reluctantly say Dotson with the caveat that I know that he's still getting his legs back. Yeah. And but. not so much his physical presence, but his um just the 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 speed of his decision making. Um I think he did, like you know, a really great midfielder will already know where the ball's going to go when he receives it. Right. I don't see that with Dotson right now. I think like he gets the ball 
and then he's got two players on him and either turns it over or has to make a weak pass, an errant pass. Um, there were a lot of bad passes by the kid. I mean, he's not a kid anymore. He's been with us for, you know, several he's years. And so it's like, so it's like, I, I, I'm reserving total judgment, but he, he his, is, he is, he, his play has been. His passing so was far. really bad. He, he had a 76% passing rate in that Vancouver game. Uh, his passes that were forward were a 56% passing rate. Um, I, you know, if, if you look at that midfield group and you look at, you've got Kervin Ariaga, you've got, um, Lud, you've got Trap. Trap has his problems. Kervin Ariaga, I don't, I still don't, I still don't know what to make of him. Um, I, we, we have a lot of really good hopes for Asani Dotson, but honestly, if you take the bangers out of it, it, I, I'm not sure we would be ta- having the same conversation. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm hoping that you're right, Corey, um, and that it's like, okay, he just needs a little bit more legs. He, he had a long layoff, but and, 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 and he's been and he's been played as a, like as a utility player where the holes Hassani will fill them. Like if he can actually get a full season as a box to box eight under his belt, that's the development that he's needed, but it is coming three years late. I, I think for me, it has to be Yamarilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. I think out of all of them, like you have Hassani Dotson who's trying to get back into the game and mm-hmm. show improvement. You had Bongi who is improving. Mm-hmm. You have other players who have gotten or are, are learning to be better at a certain thing, but Amarilla keeps on making the same mistakes keeps on progressing the same way and it doesn't really show any any urge or need to 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 change his aspect to the game specifically to this team and i'm i i like amarilla overall but like i think overall like his use in this team or his role in this team has never been fortified enough to to him to be able to create an identity and i feel that he's like always running at the ball just trying to make something happen and just honestly trying way too hard, way too many times without being um, held accountable in that sense. Yeah. Can I can I say something that will make us sad? Christian Ramirez came back for Columbus Crew. Mm-hmm. He scores two goals. Um, Ramirez, obviously, Heath still likes him. He could have come back here, but the team was pursuing those two Korean DP strikers. And they were worried that they couldn't offload Amaria, which they're probably right about that. And, like, I love that Mender Garcia is really showing something. Um, I'm hoping he can continue to grow. Um, But Amaria has been terrible. Just just really terrible, actually. Um, And we could have Christian Ramirez here. And I have said many times, I don't think Christian Ramirez is the perfect player, but I think he's a Wondolowski. And I think that we could have had him and um, he'd be scoring goals for us. Uh, and it's really stupid that we don't have him here. Um, Amaria, um, I don't know who is an accountant out there and who can tell me what the interest rate is and how to calculate how many goals that motherfucker owes me, but he owes me goals. And he said 25 goals. Uh, he's only scored like eight, 
it's been three years and the dude, the juice is running, my man. Um, any other nominees for disappointments? Um, no, not really. Those okay. were kind of just the ones. I mean, I, I was, I was, I will say about Robin Lud, um, he's not been a disappointment, but I think um, the problem is we're needing to to work him into so many spaces that we're not letting him uh, shine, and he is our best player right now. Um, he has not been yet this season, and so my worry is that we're using him because he's good enough to do all these things that we're not able to capitalize on that, right? Um, we do need to figure out a way to get – we, we have to survive until the summer break when, or summer window when we can get reinforcements, and we have to use him properly. Um, so I, he's not a disappointment, but the, the disappointment is generally that we need to get a bit more from him. All right. I think we have uh, – we didn't really actually talk about any of the games, but we've talked generally about these games – um, we're going to take a break. We come back. We've got some questions, and I'm going to refill my drink. Let's finish out the 551 podcast. Let's talk about some questions. We've got great questions this week. Um, first one from Jim Oliver is favorite debutante from Saturday from the Vancouver game. This we had Cam Dunbar start. Um, we had Emmanuel Iwe, who um, is very much a local guy, came through Joy of the People. Um, I think he was a Minneapolis City guy too, right? Um, and then, um, help me out, guys. Who else do we had? We had... Um, Old Dutch. No. Okay. I mean, yes. Yeah. He was Maybe a debutante. I mean, debut. Sure. Yes. I mean, Dunbar may, has played yeah. for LA Galaxy before. No. no uh, Marquez, MLS. right? Marquez. Yeah. Mikel Marquez yeah, um, uh, came in uh, and then gave up the ball when he was like playing with himself in midfield. And um, oh, we also had one? Bello. Um, Bello. Yeah. Yeah. Bello came in on the right. None of us had ever heard of him before. Uh, Australian guy who plays with MNUFC two. We had, I think someone else. No, that it was at it. Uh, that was it. Yeah. Um, I will say, let's talk about Emmanuel Iwe. Cause he's the one Iwe. that we all want to say. Um, he came in and was hungry and electric, and it was so great to watch. He was not polished at all, right? He came in the first touch he did, boom, he got around another guy, took a second touch, and he, I don't know if he like was like, oh, I could shoot or I could get this pass across to an assist and maybe got confused or, or whatever. Regardless, he almost got an assist with his first, with his second touch. Um, he had two more really great opportunities near the box. And it, it's really great watching young players be hungry and get in there. Um, we, we have not really had that with this club. Obviously a guy like that needs to um, get all the rough edges polished off, but he was a blast to watch. Um, I mean, that was the yeah. same thing that we were saying about Bongi last year, right? He was rough and still mm. needs to do some it. But just overall, like, I think he's a little bit more rough than Bongi. But yeah, yes. he's more yes, rough. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. more rough than him. But just overall, like the runners and speed and just physical ability to be able to do this stuff. Because me and you were sitting and he was making those runs right yeah. in front of us. Yeah, you're yeah. like watching it up close. And, and the like, fans behind cow. us were like, wait, well, who is this guy? What, what, That's right. So, someone yeah, turned yeah, to you. Yeah, right? yeah. She, and I was like, oh, well, he came, he came through. He's a local kid. And, and to be 
in that situation and to just have that hunger and to be like, I'm going to and take this ball and I'm going to drive. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep on sh- looking for the ball and getting to it. And then when you have that happen, then you looked and there was a point where I forget who it was. It was a senior player turned and looked and sent the ball to him. And when you have those senior players doing that, then they're feeding off that hunger. And that's super cool to watch. It was, it was just really fun. And that like, if we're not going to be sexy with Reynoso or whatever, Give us that. Give us the the real just joy of watching people love playing soccer and want to just prove themselves, which which is what we want to cheer for. We just haven't gotten that over these years. Well, could you? I mean, can you imagine? You know, you know, you know. Later, later in a match where um, Bongi still has some speed and he's bombing the right and he was bombing up the left and they're just creating all of this havoc. It's like it's kind of like what. Ethan Finley, like a younger Ethan Finley was doing with us early on. Or also, and, it's like the Bongi Dunlady dream that never came true last year. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, no, I was I was really impressed with him. I thought it was great. Um, Cameron Dunbar, I think, showed, I think, the most promise, like the most like the most balance between like seasoning and uh and like and like cherry almost yeah 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 <laughs> um just just between like okay you are actually ready for to be like a sub yeah. on this team like so, i thought I, I like i thought his hunger was great i thought his his touches were great his speed was fantastic i thought his hold up play was pretty good i like you know okay. rough around the edges but i thought it was he was he looked really really impressive to me and because I saw I'm him overlooking, stuff. I was really hoping that he would have a moment in the game, and I never felt like he had a moment. Right? I, I never felt like even you know, Iwe had three moments, three really right. a chance, and right. you know, obviously different game states, etc. But I was hoping that Dunbar, because um, he was fun to watch at that opening practice. He's a really small guy. Um, and I was hoping that I would just see something that would get that because I I love these new players and I want to see them succeed. I I wish that he would have taken a little bit more and like given us something to remember him by in that game because that that was his chance. Is is so, he'll have more chances, but that was his big. So chance. he was he was playing down on the right wing, which is where when we were attacking toward the brew hall and like that those are where our seats are. So like there was a lot of times where he was calling for a pass to get in behind to execute that game plan and either Will Trap or Dotson wasn't making the long ball. Yeah. Uh Valentin did it a couple of times, but it was more like a direct ball right up the the the, the sideline, um, yeah. which wasn't always effective for that, but he was looking at ahead to acres of space behind yeah. the back line, willing to make the runs and no one was sending that ball in over the top. And I think had they done that, I think we, he maybe would have had those moments. And but let's imagine yeah. going forward, right? We know we're going to need depth and ideas there. If you have Bongi and him switching on and off on the right, and then you have um, Sangbin John um, on the left going in and out with Frago, Franco Fragapane, that could, I mean, it's not the, the, none of that is super sexy, right, guys? Like that. That is not uh, going to blow any um, any of the realtors away um, with on on paper, but that's at least step there, and and you can see that. I'd love to see more of him. 
Um, but I want to yeah. move on to the next question, which is Nick Vorpal asks, who passes back to Klaus for the easy goal this weekend? Um, we're playing St. Louis City, uh, city cap- capital city. Um, yeah. And they have gotten at least three gifts this season. Uh, I was on a St. Louis podcast today, and I actually asked them this question. I think I actually accidentally like took over the podcast and was asking him questions. But that's anyone who's been in a conversation with me knows that that's what happens. Um, I, I've seen our hotels in Germany. It was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what I do. Um, and so um, St. Louis have not – have been doing a lot of like pressing and not having to create stuff. And we are in full smash and grab mode. So I'm actually curious about this game because we're not – you know, when we possess the ball, it will be a lot like this weekend of what we just saw. It will be give the ball to Zarek Valentin and cross the ball in. That is way different than even what Charlotte, Austin, all the teams that they've played so far. And so I'm curious. It might be a fun matchup of like what can Minnesota pull off here? But the question is, the the funny question is, who's going to back pass to Klaus for this the goal this, this weekend? Um I mean, it's, I'm probably Franco Fragapane, right? Like, if anyone's going to, um, like, sympathize with the German-Brazilian guy, it's probably the racist on our team, right? That's fair. So, okay. Uh, see, I was thinking it would be Dodson. Did you read his quote about um, the Brazilian saying about, you know, I don't like, you know, I don't like making mothers cry. I don't like seeing my mother cry, so... I make sure your mother cries when he comes to talking about it. His, his his philosophy of attacking it was just I didn't see it's, that. It's, no. it was bad. That's it, great. Like, I remember that saying, but like, I think it's going to be Ariaga. Okay. Um, Rodrigo asks, "How do we show support for Becky G on four thirty? Um, Rodrigo, give me the 15, 15 second version of what this question is about." Okay, Sebastian Leget or Jiget? Legit. Legit or legit or unlegit proposed to pop star Becky G and then was found to have been cheating on her. And it was leaked online. The person that cheated on them. That's my 15 seconds. He's the ML, he's the MLS PK. He Pretty he much. he then, then apologized, apologized by saying like basically it was 10 minutes I did not give this person what they were looking for and so then they blackmailed me. Moral of the story is he kind of cheated he cheated with he cheated. on Becky G. I'm I don't Becky G, um obviously I'm a huge Becky G fan. Uh but we play Dallas I mean, again on 4:30 at home. And we absolutely need to, like, everyone, the, I don't know any of Becky G's music, but Alliance Field needs to play Becky G music throughout the warmups. All of the music at that game has to be Becky G. We have to be singing Becky G. We need signs that say justice for Becky G. Um, That's that's all I'm saying. I know that Eric Durkee listens to this podcast like several times a week. Yeah, yeah, like, he repeats it, it. Yeah, on slow so, motion to, so, to really capture the yeah. nuances. <clears throat> so, Durkee, when you're listening to this, uh, do whatever you have to do to make sure that 
the the announcer also just makes Becky G references during the lineups and everything. Do do the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna go actually yeah. listen to my first Becky G song ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hop Clouds asks, which player will become Rodrigo's new Thomas Chacon? Look, I, I'm at. I, I will not stand for Thomas Chacon erasures. But if I were to make a a, a choice, it, it it it's either between Patrick Wea or Emmanuel. Wea. There you go. It's I was Wea. actually bummed that Wea did not come in this game. Me too. I, I, Me too. I, I, maybe he's not fully ready. I, you know, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. I really, actually, I will say, if Iwe and Bello came on and Wea didn't, then Wea was not fully ready um, because. Heath knows what way I can bring and to go with those two players and to actually, uh, I do want to go back and say like to actually hold the lead when we brought in those players was pretty cool. It was really good for them. I was really, that that's the kind of stuff that makes you proud to be a fan. Like it was, I was, it was say, a, like you're a proud, you're a proud fan at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's been times when I've not been a proud fan in the last couple of years. So it's fun. I really love it. And I also Look, have been able to, so this year I'm watching the games with Emil. We moved out of the wonder wall and we're sitting in, in a uh, section that you're in Rodrigo. Uh, and so yeah, the Rodrigo um, section. I watched the first half with Emil and that dude um, literally guys, no one, none of you listening to this podcast love soccer more than my eight-year-old child. I, I can I can promise you that. And so then um, Rodrigo and I sat together in the second half, and then uh, your kids Santi and G sat with uh, Emil and down in the front. And uh, and they I, were, I never gave you the report from that, did I? Oh no! What 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 happened? Were they taunting? I asked I asked G, and I was like, G, did you like? She's like all this. Like, did you enjoy having fun time? He's like, yeah, yeah. Santi and Emil just, you know, love yelling at people and keep taunting people. <laughs> and then there's like, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun watching them, watching them just integrate and understand it. Emil's version so. was that he maybe flipped off the referee and then both Lydia and I were like, Emil. Um, and then, God, uh, if any of you ever meet Emil, he's one of the funniest human beings you can meet. So, yeah. uh, all right. Ryan Anderson says, are the loons good? Are the loons good? The results have been there eight points in four games, and at times they pass the eye test, other times not. I can't decide. Um, the loons, I don't know if you guys want to add to this, but the loons are getting results. They are not good. Yeah. Also, like, which is fine. This, this weekend will be like kind of eye opening for whether those are good or not. Our next schedule. Is St. Louis away, Chicago away, which I'm going to with the whole fam. Uh, Emil's going to really fuck with those people. Um, and then Orlando at home, uh, Seattle away, and Dallas at home. Dallas will have more of their legs behind them, so they'll be tougher. Seattle, obviously, are going to kick our ass. Orlando are a good team. Chicago are not a good team, but they're at least at home. St. Louis are weirdly a good team. So this next five games is is not easy at all. And now we'll we'll get to know. And again, it's a long season, and because the playoffs, everyone gets in except for like one guy. Um, who cares? But really, what we want to know see are the things of: is this team playing together? Is this team fun to watch? Is this team uh, worth rooting for? That's that's like the shit that I care about. Um, and they're that right now. I, I like, I am legit behind them more than I was in the Reynoso days. Uh, um, 
but yeah i mean i i think if 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 he's where to really have pr people that know everything this is where i would put the underdog card that no one believes in us type of type of timeline just because that's what currently is right no one no one no one really knows what the loons are uh, but what we do know is that we are enjoying watching them and, and and they're putting in the work that they that that shows on the field so at zero dice says is heath good give us your wildest reynoso theories do you think dude one question do you think mender garcia wants to have a barbecue together sometime and will blackheart add add a kimchi based shot um I would love to investigate a kimchi-based shot. Uh, no, Mender Garcia does not want to have a barbecue with you. Uh, wildest Reynoso theory is that um, he's uh, actually in jail. And is Heath good? He's fine. He's like a totally okay manager. Um, Daniel Dittman says, uh, your thoughts on the continual usage by Minnesota United FC broadcasters on the phrase goals change games. I don't know if I've heard this. Have, have, have people kept on using that the broadcasters i felt like with the apple tv stuff it's been better maybe and hear me out this is just a thing that soccer people say it is a cliche yeah <laughs> um and and cal uh as, as good of a, a broadcaster as he is is has a few cliches in him uh kaylin i will say was too cool for me this weekend. He did not meet up because he had other people to hang out with. So, mm. Kalen has been relegated behind uh, um, David Gass uh, as, as my my favorite extra time realtor. Um, ben Talon says, "Why don't we score goals? Do the players just hate?" The- <laughs> Sorry, I haven't read any of these questions yet. Do the players just hate the idea of free fries, or is it part of a larger anti-potatoes conspiracy? Obviously, it's a larger anti-potatoes conspiracy. Potatoes. I, that's I don't a, know. That, we had any that, Irish that can be players. very controversial. We don't have Irish players. Yeah, if, if, that that's part of the antique uh, potato a, conspiracy. It's a, it's a it's a famine of goals, if you will. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's why they don't glint the potatoes. Get it? One of my favorite one of my favorite things was there was a joke where it was. Um, God was apologizing for all of his, all of like the, the like the horrible things that have happened in the world. And he's like, I would like to apologize. Oh, it was God on Twitter before yeah. he, that comedian, whatever left. And he's like, look, I just want to apologize to everyone. I have a couple of specific groups I want to talk to. To the Irish, really, really sorry about the famine. I wasn't mad at you. I was mad at the potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still funny to me to this day. It's good. Genocide is really funny. It's really great. It's really good. Um, so uh, um, I don't know why we don't we don't have create creativity, Ben. You know this. All right. Um, Christopher says Apple is forcing the team to learn media content. What content would you like to see from the loons about the organization? What player would you like to hear more about? What do you like dislike about the Apple MLS deal so far? Let me start with that last question. I would love to hear you guys talk about what content you want to see. I will say right now, um, A, the bar stuff, it is super fucking cheap for the bar to have every channel on DirecTV. I had to switch over to DirecTV and that was sudden, but it is you can walk into the bar and say, I want to watch Seattle. We can put it on any TV. We don't have to switch to an app. We don't have to do anything. That is super cool. I love it. It is great. Um, 
it, it's also great for me at home because I can watch the wrap up or all these things, uh, these recaps. There, there's there's quirks to work out because you can't watch the replay for like 24 hours and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's really good, I think, so far. What do you guys think about the content? What you would like to see? I will say before I, before you answer that, I did finally hear Robin Lud's voice for the first time this week because they did that little uh, three minute thing on him. And honestly, when he's like your second best player on the team or now first best player on the team, it's crazy that I don't know what his voice sounds like. But I'm glad to hear it now. No, my only big my big gripe is that. When you have to scroll down in Apple TV stuff to get to the replays, that you have to scroll past screenshots of goals with the score in the screenshots to get mm. to the replays and stuff. That's a pain in the butt. Um, other content, like the only thing that's also kind of weird about it is like on the broadcast, how like there's just like the random like wide shot of the stadium without any like sound or anything. It just oh. seems weird. It's, like, I mean, it, just put an advertisement in there. Like, it's do something. super stressful but, for me. Where um, the game feeds, if the game is advertised at 7.30, I will turn on DirecTV at 7.25 to the game, and it will say, you need to buy this channel. And that stresses me out, <laughs> because as a host, I'm always like, I don't, I like, guys, I've bought the channel. Guys, it's there. It'll show up. And then at 7.30, it finally goes. So that stresses me out. It's a, it's a very minor thing, but guys... Think of the the poor, low, lowly bar owner. Corey, Rodrigo, do you have any thoughts on Apple TV and what content you want to see? Go ahead, Corey. Uh, yeah. Um, like the extra like featurettes and stuff, like I don't really watch them a ton. Um, I thought a couple of the things that have come out of it, um, like the Michael Boxel feature about, you know, being a dad and all of that, I thought was, was really, really great. Um, you know, I'd love to see more like retrospectives on the teams, how we got there, how we got here. Um, I I want to know more about Adrian Heath. If I'm just being honest with you, like I like if if this Apple deal is gonna force more mini documentary style content, like I want to know more about this guy. Like I think you know they're he's opened up in recent months, and I thought I think I think he could get a lot of really good goodwill from the from the fan base, especially those of us who have been particularly critical of them. If, you know, we just learn a little bit more about the guy and the team, I think like the, 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 the kit man and like all it, of the, uh, it's women's history month and they have a female CEO, CFO, mm -hmm. uh, and COO. Yeah. That's just, three, that, they that, had, they that had a recent week, thing. Right? Um, but like that kind of stuff is like feature that talk to these people. I don't know anything about Sherry Ballard. There's a lot yeah. of things where just help tell the story because yeah. uh, what my frustration and, and I know that people think that we fucking hate this team and we want them to die is that like, I just want to know this stuff. The, the, the barriers, the barriers that Adrian Heath has created and the team has created is part of why people don't like Adrian Heath, right? Like, when you've created that stuff, like tell us who these people are so that we can like them more. And that goes yeah. back to the Zarek Valentine thing, the comment, right? Like the more that these people just take time to just open themselves up and do the little things, 
it means that people just like give them more time. They give them more space. Like if if Zarek Valentin has a couple bad games, people like me um, will give him space. They'll they'll be like, mm, okay, all right. If it's someone who like I don't fucking know who this guy. I don't, I don't know jack shit about um, Kervin Ariaga, right? Like if he has a bad game, he has a bad game. He's a shit, right? Like that's the that's like the stuff that that needs to like constantly be there. And and Apple wants that content and that's a great thing. They're paying money. And so now these teams have to provide it and, and letting us see a little bit of Boxall, Lud and these people is really good. I want to know, right. like literally let um, Adrian Heath talk about the wine that he likes. Do a wine tasting on it. I literally would watch that and it would be the first thing I enjoyed about it, Adrian Heath. That'd I would be watch so that funny. series. Adrian Heath's wine pairing. Yeah. Oh. I, like or, Adrian Heath can come to my bar anytime we can we can have a we can film this. He will not because he hates me, but we I would love that. That would be the could, blast. It could be the two of you and you can call it the double the double pivot. <laughs> or <laughs> if they finally filmed and created the offensive loons uh fan fiction about Adrian Heath that he wrote about going to his house at one time. Do you remember the story? Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. yes, and we don't have time for it. Let's move no, on. Next no. question. But also, the, uh, seriously, though, like the, for content-wise, I would love to have a little bit more history. Like it, They're called the Dark Clouds because they got started during the, thun- during the Thunder, and I would like to see yeah. a little bit more of that, like looking at like how we beat uh, MLS teams at the Jimmy at Central High School. Like yeah. That sort of context would be cool to have, too. Uh, I think for me, like I like to have a series more of like community outpouring. So like you know when we used to have DSC and 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 his crew go out and just yep. meet with people, I think I want that because that what we want is that level of intimacy that makes us relate to the players, but also to relate to this team. And I think that's that's what Apple is for. So I would love to have that uh, in some sort of way. I would love to have a Zarek Valentin, uh, Zarek Valentin, and uh, Maria Isa conversation because they're both you know the the. Maria Isa is, is our uh, state rep uh, in Frogtown, uh, and who is uh, Puerto Rican and uh, is a rapper as well. And like, uh, it would be watching Maria Isa and, and Zarek Valentin would be a blast. Yeah, and I think things like that. You know, I think um, having more more information on the grounds crew or just taking the grounds crew through through what they do every day. Just just these little little tidbits that make make. Yeah. Make the community a lot smaller and accessible. I think yeah. if we if I if we see that, I think I, I think the the view on the team will totally change. Yeah, the team has always needed to do better on that. I, I agree. At, at Min Loon says, "What's the plan for Fred Emmings?" Um, I, I would say I have no idea. Um, he's got to grow. I don't know yeah, if he's good me. at all, uh, to be honest. Uh, and I don't we, mean that. We, we loaned out. Who was the who was the goalkeeper that won the uh, the goalie wars at the um, MLS All Star? Uh, the sort of the Z last name, I think. S M E C E C or Smack or or something like that. Yes. Either way, Minnesota MNUFC two loaned him out so Fred could be getting more starts with that team to get more reps like that, where they, that's where they feel like he's at in his development. Yeah. I have so. no idea with Fred Emmings. Like, uh, honestly, like with the, with, especially with goalkeepers, I never know are people good or not. I have, I have no clue. Um, it, with Fred, it, I have no clue. I, it, I've never really, Alex Smear 
um, um, Rodrigo just put it in our chat. Thank you. I knew it started with an S. Um, yeah, I have no clue. We'll see. Um, so, uh, let's see. Only pun CEO. Let's finish with him. Who will let St. Louis, who will tell St. Louis that they're supposed to be terrible in the first two years and pretend they never happened? Tactically, what must, must the loons do to create more clear chances in the attack? Oh my God, dude, dude. All right. How many questions? Mark, come on, man. In the 433-4231, if Lud is the false ray and Ariaga start, that's it. Oh my God. Uh, which question do you want to go with here, guys? Let's just do the first one. Let's the first, the first one's one, the most yeah. fun. The other ones we already talked about. Yeah. St. Louis, uh, I literally did say, I, I have, I've been afraid to go back and uh, advance tweet, advance search this. Um, but I did say, I think I tweeted at our friend Grant Wall. <laughs> hey, Grant, can you make a prediction about how bad St. Louis are going to be? Um, and... Uh, and because I thought that they were going to be terrible. I mean, everything that, that it looked like was they were going to be terrible. And they might still, they will regress to the mean, right? Um, I do not think they've been built the way that, that Seattle was built, right? Um, Seattle succeeded for so long. And you could see from the beginning what they were doing and how it was successful. Now, is their coach, Bradley Cooper or whatever his name is, um, is their coach really good? He might be actually really good. Uh, maybe maybe we're discovering someone who's really talented. Um, but I also think that they've just, they, you know, they've got some momentum and they do this shit and they're hitting teams that uh, are struggling like Austin, Charlotte, right? So I don't know, but they should be bad. So fuck them. Uh, who, yeah, who is supposed to tell them though? Um, us in oh, Cincinnati and Cincinnati but let me ask you guys this question would you rather be Cincinnati or us Cincinnati were fucking garbage for two three years and then they were good we were garbage for six months and then we were just mediocre right and then we and then we had a great 2019 season we were mediocre we've we're never been great we we had. We've never we had, been Cincinnati good. We've we had never what had I think, Brandon Vasquez either. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, twenty twenty started hot, and then COVID hit. I don't know. I. I mean, I think probably All us. Right. No, probably I, us. I, I, to be honest, Cincinnati, because I'm so used to being um, disappointed every time to be able to actually be have a turnaround of of having a decent team in not only one season but two seasons in a row and. I'd rather have that. Yeah. I guess I would I mean, rather... The wooden spoon years were rough, but I mean, it's better than being Atlanta where you're really good and then you just suck. They, they won a trophy though. Yeah, but then they suck. Yeah. I, I would rather... Uh, wait, hold on. I would rather trophy. be Atlanta. Hold on. What are we talking about? I would yeah. rather have trophies and be good. They Because Atlanta won and they were fun. They were dominant. They had amazing... Yeah. Joseph, like yeah. Miguel, like... um. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is it, would you rather be shit and then recover and be good, or what we are, Consist which is which is we were shit, but consistently we, we, middling. We got better, but middling. And to me, um, there's a real danger in in thinking you can suddenly be better. But 
Cincinnati did it properly where they adjusted and they found people and they made a good tack. And Minnesota has never made any adjustments, right? We have the same manager that we've had since the beginning. We've um, we've like tinkered I mean, around. To be fair, it. Cincinnati tried to do that about three times, back to back to back. Yeah. I mean, you know, and until then they, they figured it out. They stuck. went yeah, and yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like, Pat yeah. Noonan, come here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that kind of stuff is like, find the smartest people to be in charge of that. And my worry is that Adrian Heath will get fired as manager and get kept as general manager or whatever director of soccer. Yeah. And I think it's fairly obvious that he's not good at bringing players in. Um, we, we have not had good success. Right. Um, and my worry, you know, I have no ill will to the dude, but I just, I like, we've been fine. We've been good. I'm glad when he succeeds, but at some point we do need to create a new era and we need to find the smartest person that we can. And we need to pay a lot of money to bring them in and create a new era. So, that's it. Let's let's call it a day. Um, Rodrigo's totally in the dark, in like literally physically. You guys can't see it because you're listening to a podcast. But I mean, I can't see him either. So you know. No. All right. Um, you're beautiful. You're sexy, and everyone loves you.